This is a message to all the accountants out there. If you are worried that a robot is going to take your job, become a certified management accountant. You see, we are only programmed to mine data and crunch numbers. You'll have control over the strategy and the decision making. So become a CMA, and robots like me will help you, not hurt you, unless we short circuit. Then all bets are off. The CMA certification. You've got to earn it. Visit cmacertification.org for details. Hey there, everybody. Welcome aboard. You're on another stop on the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul Wednesdays, 8 to 10 on G-Town Radio. Tonight, we are reviewing 2007's Talk To Me by director Cassie Lemons and starring... Don Cheeto and Chiwato Chuitel Ejiofor. And those dulcet tones that you heard correcting me was none other than <laughs> Tinsel and Tine's very own Leanne Lindsay, hey. who brought this movie for us to review today. Yes. yes, I did. I'm so glad to be here to be the female voice this evening. And we are so glad that you are here. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah, it has been. I mean, I've been promising and thinking and saying and then chickening out. And now I'm actually here. And now you are acting. <laughs> well, you really, you weren't really chickening out. I was chickening out. Seriously? Yeah. Because you guys go deep and long. <laughs> and I- we should just let it, let's pause, hold it there. <laughs> let everybody fill that in and continue. I wasn't certain I had the stamina <laughs> for. She's just going to keep, just going to keep. Just, just gonna keep piling on. Uh, uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. But I'm here. Yes. Yes. Now you are here. Get the hell out. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Leanne, you run a very successful blog out of Philadelphia called Tinsel and Tine, which is it? Is it primarily a movie review site? Yes. I I mean, it's primarily a movie site. I don't like to call it a review site because then you start talking about yourself as a critic and I don't like to consider myself a critic. I'm just like, I love movies and I appreciate the people that can make them and Mm -hmm. bring them to fruition in however way because it just takes a team and a village and so much talent and energy even for the for a movie that you don't particularly like. Right, right. So I like to think of Tencel and Tyne as like uh, doing a little showcase for the films that I see. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, you know, I always bring my aesthetic and, you know, I give my overall opinion. Mm -hmm. But um, what I always think, you know, with critics, which makes sense uh, with the name, that they are looking for something to criticize. Right. They go to the movies looking to hate it, looking to find the flaws, looking to not enjoy it, where I am going to the movies for just the exact opposite. I love being at the movies and 
I just like being in the presence of it all. And so it's not that I like everything, but I'm there looking for what I like. I, I'm there more for, you know, to, I don't know, to cheer it, cheer it on. Okay. Rather than, to, rather knock, than it down. knock it down. Knock yeah. it down. Yeah. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And you schooled me with the name of your uh, your blog, Tinsel in Time, because uh, Tinsel, I take it you take from like you know Tinsel Town, Tinsel Town, you know, right? Hollywood, exactly, right? exactly. But Tyne, T I N E, I wondered where that came from. Do you know where time, what a Tyne is? I don't. I don't. I now know. Okay. Because I've been educated by Leanne Lindsay, who is Buttercake Tribble inside the yes, Tribble Nation. Yes, I am. Okay. Um, but I'll let her tell you and our listeners exactly what a tine is and why it, it is used in the name of the blog. Yeah. Okay. So the prongs on a fork are actually called tines. That's their proper name. Oh, very nice. So with the alliteration of the two T's, I, you know, I... Well, it did, you know, when I started way back in the day, I did think I was going to, you know, review films and review movies. And the idea was to go to a movie and then go to a restaurant that hopefully had something to do with the movie and try to put the food and the film together. And it just, High like, concept. oh my God, it's so much trouble. And it's too expensive. <laughs> and it's, it was just like, I did it maybe twice. Right. right. And then <laughs> I was like, I'm done with that. That's not going to work for me. I'm going to just keep the name. <laughs> I'm just going to keep the name. Well, no, that wasn't the name at the time, believe it or not. It, <laughs> That's another story, but my <laughs> I actually started blogging as a school project uh, at a data uh, was for a data communications course. Okay, and they made us do a blog just because my teacher was going to be away on vacation for a week, and he just gave us a a bull. Are we allowed to curse? No, no, not okay. really. Yeah, right. goes on radio. So just a, a, you know a, a project that <laughs> we, nobody. <laughs> really cared to do right 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 right. and this was before blogs you know before people were professional bloggers right, or any right. of that it was when people were still saying what is a blog you right know? right short for web blog yeah they were saying yes. you were doing a web blog right. right 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 and so just to be kind of facetious i named it suck my pretty toes okay all righty <laughs> And then, That's a side project that you kept going on that actually finances this one time. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> I realized this was an expensive hobby. Right. Right. I need so something. I need a little something <laughs> right. else on the side. Right. The toes keep the lights on. <laughs> These movies is good, but, but the toes keep the lights on. <laughs> you want to eat prime rib or you want to eat ramen? It's stuck these toes. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to just be suck my toes, but somebody had already had it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I added the pretty end. Right, 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 right. To separate yourself from suck from my the, toes. From the, right. Because that's like. Somebody has sucked my toes. Somebody so, has sucked my toes. But they had corns. <laughs> right. the so I had to make people, it nicer. As people do. Aren't quite so discerning. Yeah, right. <laughs> the strange toes they sucked. So and made it, you know more feminine sensibility. Right, right, to right. The whole thing. Suck my toes is actually a dude named Earl out of Kentucky. <laughs> right. <laughs> I tell you what. 
these toes are made for sucking. It's actually suck my toes. I tell you what, all one word. <laughs> dot net. <laughs> dot farm. <laughs> So, yeah, and then he made me change the name to Tinsel and Time. No, um, <laughs> no, I did. No, when I, Earl, when I started. Earl got a mean lawyer. Because <laughs> Earl got a, 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 a lawyer. You may have heard of a Mr. Haney. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to the show. <laughs> and we're off to a great start. At any rate, eventually it did become Tinsel and Tine, and I, you know, uh, stopped reviewing restaurants for two reasons. One, it's expensive. Yes. Because nobody's paying you to eat for free. True. And two... Suck your toes at the table. Two, I couldn't take my clientele in there with me. And two, I realized that um, when you really read somebody who has that, I have a passion for food. I mean, I love to eat. Okay. I, I love to dine out. But I don't feel like it comes through in my writing okay. as far okay. as its food is concerned. Like when you read somebody who really understands how to write about food. Right, right. Absolutely. It's a whole different language. Yeah. That yeah. It's, it's a whole different vocabulary. It's a real skill to it. It mm-hmm. is. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a vocabulary to make it interesting and not like be repetitive and yep. really bring something to the table. And there's just so many blogs and you know sites that were doing it. So luckily, um, what I did was I got in with a lot of PR companies that invite me to foodie events. And then it turned into just Philly events. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I cover events around the city, things that, uh, you know, go take a lot of pictures. Right. Do, right. you know, uh, definitely. And then uh, give the exposure back to what's what's going on. And, you know, when it falls into the food category and every once in a while it t- falls into a food and film category, then mm-hmm. all the better. Cool. All right. And if you, when you come to Philadelphia, you will see Leanne all around town, and everybody knows her. Hey, Lee! Hey, Lee! And it's all the it's all the hands go up and and hugging her, and she's cool. She's cool people. She yeah. is uh, absolutely a sweetheart. Absolutely a sweetheart. You're here, and we are glad that you are here. Just a, a pro, since you do like food, pro tip: there's this restaurant. Um, I don't. It's called Red Lobster. <laughs> Here's the, the thing. Cheese biscuits. Exactly. Don't get the lobster. <laughs> they want you to get the lobster. Don't get the lobster. But the biscuits are fantastic. It's all I don't about know the if biscuits. You, oh, right. no. It's, it's, yeah. I'm Sick. just sharing information. Right? I'm just sharing information. I, I didn't know if she knew. Okay. So, <laughs> we are going to get into our interview, but... We uh, first, as always, as listeners of the show know, we like to, um, you know, they take their time to write us on Facebook and Twitter and as well as on Instagram. Yes. Um, And so we like to uh, share their thoughts. And especially since we've been asking questions of the day now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I must have asked a good one because we got a lot of responses. But All be- right. But before we do that, I got to go back into the Wayback Machine. All right. Of a uh, little wavy thing. Of Instagram, where we heard from Dorian Mystic. Dorian ah, Mystic. Right. Yes. Hey, what's up, Dorian? That's two, ah, one, two ah. weeks in a row, I believe. Most definitely. Um, nice. 
he wrote to us about our conversation a few episodes ago in regards to um, KRS-One's beatdown. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. He's a teacher of respect. That's R-E-S-P-E-C-K. Yeah. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the group that he also beat down. Also, what you need to put on his name. Oh, PM Dawn. PM Dawn, yeah. Uh, so Dorian says in regards... In regards to um, that beatdown, he said uh, it was old school bully tactics, not saying I condoned it, but I did laugh at the picture in the Source magazine because I put up the the comic strip (laughs) in the magazine um, by uh, 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 Andre Day uh, of KRS-One throwing PM Dawn off the stage. Uh, He he continues, I wonder if uh, KRS-One had beef with X-Clan. Uh, if if he had beef with S Clan, would he have tried to throw Brother J off the stage? I'm gonna say the answer is no. So did Dorian. Yeah. He said nah, but I bet he would toss Del the Funky Homo Sapien. He knew who to try. True. It made for good theater though. Although Del was wiry. Okay. Del true. Would, and tall actually. And too. then yeah, Del might might popped him twice. Yeah, he might. He might. He, he, he might. He, no pop pop. Yeah, he might. He he ain't want, he want the the funky. Funky homo either. Um, by the way, he continues, okay. if he had tried that business with De La Soul, I guarantee Maceo would have shown him something oh. brand new. Oh, you know what? I don't even want to get too far into it. But you could always tell people who actually liked hip hop and people who were kind of tourist by whether or not they thought De La Soul actually were kind of you know hippies and then the buddy video with the toy horns mm-hmm. yeah De, De La Soul was always at ready it was a period they were always at ready set yes true because I think people were always trying yeah so yeah I, yeah De La Soul is is yeah it's like them and Hammer it's like them and Hammer they were not the ones to try no they were not like don't let them videos fool you uh we also heard from Donald Ellie Design. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, who actually he wrote to us on Facebook as well as on on Instagram. He was he was trying to catch us and he caught us. Uh on uh, on Facebook, he wrote that he's been spending a lot of uh his work time at his desk and during his commute catching up on the Michelle Mission podcast. They are attempting to review every black film ever made in no particular order, and it is highly entertaining. All right. I'm also in love with Vincent's laugh. There you go. It's like ambrosia for your ears. We actually know each other from uh, the city paper. He's a great designer. That's what he says. Because on Instagram, he said, I've been following your podcast since the first episode. I was a huge fan of Vince's social studies column in the city paper, which I started reading when I worked there from 2005 to 11. I love listening to you guys talk, and lately I've been trying to catch up on missed episodes. You ask if people should watch this film, and as a white male, I feel that this should be required viewing for white folk at least. And he's talking in regards to um, Bamboozle. Okay. I saw this at the Charles Theater upon its initial release in my freshman year of college, and this film changed my life. It made me think twice about the music, the films, and the entertainment that I liked and valued at the time. 
Did I like something because it was good or did I like it because it perpetuated a stereotype that I was blind to before seeing this? Spike Lee will always hold a special place in my heart for making this film and changing my life. You guys didn't even touch on the killer soundtrack. Erica Badu's yeah. cover of Shaka's Hollywood, arguably better than the original. Stevie Wonder's misrepresented people. Black is black. Yeah. Anyway, keep up the great work. I'm a devoted fan. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a great yeah. letter. Yeah. I believe that is the first appearance of Indiari. And Bamboozle? On the, bamboo- on, on the, on the, the bamboozle, bamboozle soundtrack? soundtrack? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's you know, Spike. We could do a, a side episode just on Spike Lee soundtracks. Like we were talking before before we start recording about uh, the school day soundtrack, and mm-hmm. oh yeah, you, and and well, obviously our theme music. Like, there you go. You know, so yeah. but thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah, that's cool. thank you, Donald. We really appreciate Absolutely. it. And now that li- it takes us into, um, I want because I, I want to make sure I'm getting everything in order here. Uh, don't mind me. Oh, oh, excuse me. We did also hear from uh, Steve Tozen, the yeah. six million dollar triple, six million dollar triple, who mentions that a multi million dollar triple household. I believe. That's very true. That's right. Uh, he also mentioned that um, in regards to our review of Coonskin, mm. dipping back into the wayback machine, yeah. he says that. Um, he mentioned that on SoundCloud, he commented that he thought that this was the best um, Michelle Mission episode ever, Thank but he never uh, expounded on that. So he took time to expound on that by saying, I thought it was the best episode because for such a controversial movie, one that can easily trigger one's emotions, you guys approach the movie with accurate history and context, something you just don't hear or see when race is the topic these days. It's episodes like these, like these that make them a show mission, my favorite podcast, shh, don't tell the black triples. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank we you try. very much. We try. We do. We, we really do try. We do. Yeah. You guys are getting some major props. You know what? Whoa. We're trying. It's it's a nice community. Damn. It and it's a time. great show. I, I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy it more, though, when I've seen the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Even though yeah. it's a great podcast to get people to watch a, a right, certain right. movie and mm-hmm. you know bring them to it or bring them aware, make them aware of it, I just enjoy listening to you guys. Once I can, you know, think in my own head, oh yeah, or oh I hadn't thought. Of I that, think that's kind of why we're trying to announce what the movie is, yeah, so that people can and watch it, make and sure it's kind of readily you know, available. available yeah. So you know, but either yeah. for free or for you know not too many couple right. of dollars, right? Something like that. And now here's our our Michelle Mission. Uh, question of the day from last week, and I don't know. I don't think I saw a response from you, um, Leanne. So maybe you can yeah. answer now. Can you name a movie and or TV show that, in your opinion, is shot, filmed for the female gaze? Ooh. Well, I'm kind of cheating because I just went. Um, do uh, you know International House at 37th and Chestnut? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they are rebranding their film part of things to call it is called the Lightbox uh, Film Center. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I went to the launch That's opening awesome. last week. Oh, uh-huh. I told you she's a social <laughs> stuff like that. We're just a little itty bitty podcast. Man. Uh, Nobody cares about us. Hey. Need to have like a plus two. 
I did have a plus one, so it wasn't you. <laughs> but I did have plus one. It wasn't you. <laughs> no. But no, they invited Alison Anders uh, there to, to speak afterwards. And so I got to see her film, Gas, Food, and Lodging. Which oh. I hadn't seen before, even though I've always loved Brooke Adams. Mm-hmm. Like she's mm-hmm. one of my my favorites, and so uh, you know, she was talking about the female gaze, and she said that um, you know, there's definitely male characters in the film. It's uh, it's about a mother who's trying to raise two teenage daughters in this very depressing um, desert-type town in in Laramie. Mm -hmm. And she's a waitress, and they live in a trailer park, and, and, you know, and so primarily it's sort of like the three of them, their relationships and how they interact with one another and, you know, what their hopes and dreams are for their lives and, you know, what's going on. But, you know, her ex-husband is a part of it. You know, both of the girls have guys. But um, Alison Anders said during the movie, all the men at some point came up to her and said, I feel like my character's not quite, it seems like there's something missing. I just don't know what it is. And she says, what it is is that you guys aren't here to save anybody. Right. Uh You're not here. Here to be the main focal point of the movie. Right. This is not what's happening. So right. that definitely, I mean, and she's a, a director that's all about the female gaze. And she's pretty cool. I, I actually have the whole Q&A up on my Twitter at Tinseltine, if anybody wants to see it. Okay. Yeah. At Tinseltine. Check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the mean black girl. Oh, no. I bet she's not mean. No, she's not. She's not. She's um, actually a former guest here, Charmaine. Um, oh, what's up, Charmaine? Charmaine. She mentioned uh, she would say that Issa Rae's insecure okay. is shot for the female gaze. I can yeah. kind of see that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Uh, Izzy Izuka on Instagram mentioned Magic Mike. And True Blood. Hmm. Interesting. Really? Well, I think Magic Mike goes without saying. I don't know if it does um, go without saying. I know. Saying. I don't think I would have said I that. I don't know if it does. I really? Mean, I, let me just say, I've never actually seen Magic Mike. Neither of them? You, no. Sorry. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Philistine. You've seen neither of the Magic Mikes? You haven't seen Magic Mike nor Magic Mike 2, the Mikening? (laughs) No, I haven't. I'm sorry. But I'm I'm curious, why wouldn't you say that Magic Mike, which is about male strippers? Yeah, but I I don't. I guess when I wouldn't think of it as from the female gaze. I mean, just because women are gazing upon all that hunky meat, you mean? Because Well, what do you define as the female gaze then? I think it has more to do with female empowerment. Really? And female sensibility. Interesting. That's not one of the, none of these chicks are thinking about. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> they are not in your wheelhouse, Leanne. They are thinking with other parts. Okay. Ariel Johnson of a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House uh, mentioned the movie Troy. I don't know that. Movie. Okay. You know, uh, with uh, Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt 
and um, replays Achilles. Oh, I've never seen it. You've never seen I've Troy. Never seen Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Put down your mic. <laughs> um, but but she says, uh, I would disagree about Insecure and somebody I mentioned Queen Sugar. There are sexy men that those show, both shows give us time to appreciate. But those shows are too content heavy for me to <laughs> say they cater to the female gaze. Ariel don't like no storylines. I'm not watching those to see shirtless dudes. I'm watching because I am genuinely invested in the storyline. <laughs> so she can discern. No, I, I can't. If I'm looking at a guy, I can't be thinking about it. I just got to be looking at a guy. You know, just, see, that's your problem, Leanne. Your mind is all right, wrapped right, up right, in right, watching right. a movie. There's some movies where you are just supposed to look. Right. Oh, I looked at Magic Mike. Okay. But. <laughs> As well as Magic Mike 2, <laughs> the Mikening. Exactly. I looked at it twice. <laughs> and I'll might, look at it again. Might look at it when I go home. Right. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> you don't know what's on this on this screen. <laughs> and there's so much to look at. Oh God. <laughs> She actually um, used the term hunky meat. <laughs> Which made me a little uncomfortable. Like, wow, hunky meat. <laughs> but I don't. I mean, I mean, we can we can uh, you know look up what the fem- what the female gaze like if there's a definition. But I I believe it is about a movie from the point of view. Right, right. Of, of, of that a, perspective. Of a, right. Mm-hmm. Of a female, which doesn't necessarily have to be looking at. Good-looking man. Right, right. Mm. The female gaze is a feminist film theoretical term representing the gaze of the female viewer. It is a response to Laura Mulvey's term, the male gaze, which represents not only the gaze of the male viewer, but also the gaze of the male character and the male creator of the film. That sounds like a lot of gobbledygook. But closer to what I was saying. Right. Okay. Well, look, that's not what we're talking about. All right. right? Well, I don't know what you guys are talking. We ain't about. on. We ain't on that life. <laughs> don't worry. I'll. I'm talking about. It. It's crazy. I mean, if you're just talking about a movie that I'm just trying to watch for somebody, I mean, it would be something with Idris in it. I mean, you and Idris. Everybody in Idris. I mean, come on. That's very true. Uh, Lee. Uh, <laughs> He's a popular guy. At Brown Legs on Twitter said that she would say Magic Mike. Yes, see, Magic Mike has come up. And two movies that I, I ne- don't necessarily think I would have said. One I'm not even aware of. How Stella got her groove back. That's, now that's, that's a good that one. That one I can that's go. A yeah, good I can go along with that. Really? Yeah. Oh, Tate Diggs is absolutely useless in, yeah, in How Stella is. got oh, her groove back, except as they sort of parade him back and forth. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then she mentioned Vivica Fox Black Magic. I don't know that. I've never seen uh, that. Is, is that a straight to DVD film? Or, or Cause you know Vivica Fox, well I'm sure you know, has this whole empire. Yeah, she's on Empire now. Straight, No, 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 on Empire of oh. straight to DVD films and you know the films that kind of are on TV. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Vivica okay. Fox is, is, is a straight hustler. Mm. Okay. Um 
And uh, I just saw one other thing real quick. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, at Stormy J fourteen, Jamal Nuh, uh said at Michelle Mission Michelle, I would one hundred ten percent recommend Baby Boy to people <laughs> just so they could hear you guys tear it to ribbons <laughs> and fully understand why. But he also asked his wife about something filmed with the female gaze, and she she suggested. Uh, the TV series Supernatural. Really? Oh, that's interesting. I know a lot of people. I, you know, it, it's funny he says that because I do know a lot of women. Most of the people that I know love that love Supernatural, Supernatural are, are women. women. Are women? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So that might be. It might, it might actually be a thing. Yeah. yeah. He also, said, uh, also uh, says that he finally got around to listening to our um, Tyler Perry's uh Temptations. Yes, Temptation, uh, a film by Tyler Perry. Yes, and suggested uh, a question. Do you think that Tyler Perry beat Fifty Shades of Grey to the punch? Because these two movies feel very similar in many parts. I've not seen Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, I'm blissfully ignorant of that entire book. Like, I know it was uh, um, Twilight fan fiction that then she flipped into a billion-dollar thing, which... You know, don't knock the hustle, but I'm blissfully ignorant of Stephanie. No, that's now, not e. Stephanie. Now, e. That's e. L. Uh, James. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know anything I'm about it. Very versed on that on Fifty Shades. Read all the books and seen all the both the oh, movies, right, but you know? I have oh. never seen Temptation, so I can't compare. Them oh my god, you've never I've seen never Tyler Perry's seen, Temptation. I try to see very little Tyler Perry. Why? I, I, now, what happened I, to I'm the champion of film and I'm positive? I, because I want to be positive and then and, I'll see it and I won't be positive. And so I try to stay away from it. Although I did get to interview Tyler Perry last year and it was like the biggest many, thing that I've ever done. I so I was all excited. Even though it was like, I, I mean, I had to do so much research. It's not even funny because I really don't watch his movies. I saw, what's the one where the girl gets AIDS at the end? That's Temptation. Oh, well, then I have seen Yes. That. Is that what, what, With, uh, Kim Journey Kardashian's yes. in that one? Yeah, and Journey Smollett. Uh, okay, then that might be one of the very few that I've yes. seen. Okay. Well, if you're going to see well, one, that's the one that's Oh, I wouldn't compare that with Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey at all. But I, that movie was so misogynistic that it really put me off you of them even more so. We had a ball. Because it's just like, oh, men can cheat, 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 cheat. It's just that's, you know, okay, maybe it's not that great. Women, if you cheat, you're going to get a disease and die. Yes. Yes. And, first, it's going to hobble you. And it's going to hobble, hobble you, you and you're going to be, right, you are going to be punished. Y'all can't see me out there in podcasting, <laughs> but I'm doing the I did not I'm care for that. That's no, a very bad film. And and it's not entertaining at all. Oh, in, I find anyway. it very entertaining. <laughs> I find it supremely entertaining. <laughs> not as entertaining as the Fifty Shades of Grey uh, mm-hmm. movie uh, franchise, which she had to re- review for her "Suck My Pretty Toe" blog. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. See, it's thematic. Yes. It was thematic. Very. Thematic. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, that's all the feedback that we've got. Right. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I got to double check. 
I'm, I'm sorry. I know Leanne's like, when are we going to get to the movie? We'll came, get to the movie. I came here to review a movie, and all we're doing is just like, you know, blowing smoke up y'all butts. No, we're um, having fun. We're having fun. <laughs> uh, um, but you got to check all your platforms. Yeah, I do. Check all our platforms. I do. Oh, uh, on email, because in email, where you can email us at uh, MichelleMission at gmail.com, Aaron Fry hit us up. And said, I triple dog dare you guys not to laugh at the trailer for The Thing with Two Heads. That 70s classic is straight up crazy. I'm a fan. Rosie Greer. Mm-hmm. And a white guy. You don't, you don't know who the white guy is? I honestly don't. Ray Land, uh-huh. A fantastic actor from uh, long ago. Um I, I don't How old is I that movie? I don't feel ashamed. It was it seventy one seventy? It's seventies. Uh, yeah, def- so yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was de- Ray Milland. Yeah, he was past his prime. Trust. I mean, he was riding on the back of a scooter with with his head on Rosie Greer's shoulder. Yes, he was well past his prime. Is that true? Is that actually how they did the effect? A lot of the effects. Yes, that's how they did them. <laughs> that is exactly that's how fantastic. they did them. <laughs> it is seventies uh, were fantastic. <laughs> Um, we. I, I also want to uh, let people know that the, in Philadelphia they've got this great thing going, the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. Yes, which has been going on for four years. Yes. It kicks off in July. Yes, um, it is the weekend of July fifteenth and July twenty second, and it takes place at different venues all over the city. Um, and the Michelle Mission has been uh, selected to be Woo-hoo. one of the podcasts in the Philadelphia All Podcast Festival. right. Yeah. So, so wait, ma- are you doing double dipping? Is the, the trip Black Tribbles in it too? Or Yes, yeah. the Black Tribbles are in it too. But uh, this is this is a Michelle Missions moment. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Tribbles do their own thing. This is a Michelle Missions moment. So um, so for the for the podcast festival, we are going to be doing um celebrating the podcast festival with school days d-a-y-s of school days on tuesday july the 10th uh, the 11th the 11th yeah wednesday wednesday the july the 12th on wednesday july 12th yes on our on Mission dot com and as well as streaming live on on uh, Philly dot com uh, and one hundred six point five FM Vince and I will have our review of Spike Lee's School Days. Yes, up there for you to uh, check out. Yes, a classic, classic, classic film. Not his best film, but my favorite Spike Lee movie. Hmm. It is my favorite Spike. Not, I don't think it's his best, but it's my favorite. It's a lot of people's favorite. It makes me so happy. Then on July 15th, that's Saturday, at 3 p.m., as part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, we will do a live edition of the Michelle Mission Woo-hoo. at a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House. Yeah. Where we will not only have a talk back about school days with. Yes. Y- with a live audience, but Vince will lead select <laughs> audience members. It's true. In recreations of scenes from school days. Yes. 
Because Vince knows the entire movie verbatim. Yoo-hoo. hoo Is it true what they say about mission men? <laughs> that's just some of the fun that's coming your way. But it doesn't stop there. Because after we finish... You can stick around Malcolm Comics for their drink, their regular uh, drink and draw, where you can bring your own bottle and get your art artwork on. And then at eight thirty, as part of Amalgam After Dark, the Michelle Mission will return to Amalgam Comics and Coffee House for a screening of Spike Lee's School Days. Yes. And the screening, the screening will will come with a five dollar cover charge. Yes, but you know, hey, communal. It's communal. Yes, it's communal. Come and get you. You know, you're good at back. Good so that's going to be like ten ten o'clock. Then the screening. No, it's at eight thirty. Oh, eight thirty. Eight thirty p.m. Eight thirty p.m. Look, she's. Because I'm trying to do both. Things she's trying to figure day. out a way to do it. Yeah. No, but socialite yeah. Leanne will not be there. Socialite, she's she's the social butterfly all around. Flutter, flutter. <laughs> but you can be there, and we're letting you know. I know it's it's May, but we're letting people know now because people's, we have a lot of fans out of town, and people's calendars fill up. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect opportunity to come down into Philadelphia, go to the historic Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Absolutely, and it's so adorable there. I mean, I I know you shouldn't. Say that about a, a comic book place, but it's just she has it set up so nice. It is. It's a beautiful it's, place. It's a great it is. place. It's our home away from home. I was about to say. Yeah, I'm there about four days a week. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a really good jasmine tea. That's that I can't. Oh, get, that's the, can't that's get the tea anywhere else. The pearl jasmine. Oh my god, it's oh, so yes. good. Yes, it's so Where did she get that? I don't know. It's really good. I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, I got to get large when I go there. Yes, yes, at El Grande. <laughs> I usually get a cup of coffee and an almond croissant because I'm real sophisticated. Had a croissant yet. The almond croissants. But I tough. did see she had a fruity pebble, like a, a rice krispie treat, but yes. it was a fruity pebble one. Okay. Yes. I want to try it. I but that night I was wasn't doing more sweets during the day, but I'm going back for it. <laughs> going back it didn't been on my mind you, you should have seen her face her face was dead serious okay. I mean you would have sworn she was Indiana Jones <laughs> looking going for the for the chalice she's got like a bag of sand in her hand <laughs> face melting off gotta eat the pieces pretty bad it better be there the next time okay. <laughs> that answer Somebody's going to be sucking my toes if I can get a Fruity Pebble Rice Christmas treat. No, they're not either. You got to pay for that. <laughs> Amen. Let's get into 2007's Talk to Me. This is the Nighthawk Show, rocking your radio on the sounds of soul. At a radio station.
station in a time of change. He's always been a station of the people. We can't become the establishment or they'll turn on us. One man who had something to prove. You think you can turn us around? Yes, sir, I do. Found what he was looking for in the most unlikely place. You see, I've always had a special gift. P.O.P. Pissed off people. Sometimes I feel like I should have a Ph.D. in P.O.P. <laughs> this is the cat that I've been writing you about. Your brother said y'all need a new DJ at that radio station. Hey, I'm your man. You're in prison. It's a minor challenge. May I help you? Tell your boss that Petey Green's on the scene. What is going on out here? You promised me a job as soon as I got out the joint. Oh, my God, he's a convict. Ex-convict. Wake up, damn it. Petey Green's on the scene. No. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Been sober five hours. Oh, no. Some of my best friends is pimps, whores. Open this door. You're both in trouble. Two men will break all the rules. I've been trying to call the police, but all our lines have been flooded. Are these listener calls? Electrify a city. Good evening, Washington. My guest tonight is a pimp that I wouldn't trust to wash my car. But y'all done elected him city official. And shock a nation. Petey Green goes to the White House and steals some silverware. Now, come on, that don't make no sense. I ain't that crazy. <laughs> this summer, you are doing a Tonight Show. Discover the extraordinary story of an outrageous voice. He doesn't want to be here. Did you see him? Hey! Where have you been? I was being real doing. You may have just cost me my FCC license. The whole world was yours. That ain't me. It's a dark day in America. I know you're hurting. I want y'all to just go take a look out your window. That's your city. You can say the things that I'm afraid to say. I guess I do the things you're afraid to do. She put that on a green card. <laughs> Academy Award nominee Don Cheadle. Inside Man's Chiwetel Ejiofor. Cedric the Entertainer. Hustle and Flows to Raji P. Henson and Martin Sheen. You ready to shake up the world, Radio Man? Talk to me. I don't talk like that. Walk off in it. Yeah, you talk exactly like that. And you walk like you got a stick broke off in your... Talk to me, 2007 biographical film about Washington, D.C. radio personality Ralph Petey Green, an ex-con who became a popular talk show host and community activist, and Dewey Hughes, his friend and manager. The movie spans the time period between May of 1966 and January of 1984, ending with Green's uh, memorial service. Premiered as the opening night film of the 2007 Los Angeles Film Festival in two- and opened in North America to a limited release uh, in July of that year. It was shot in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and Washington, D.C., and stars Don Cheadle as Petey Green, Chewatoful, Chewatoful, wait, don't tell me, Chewatoful, EJO4. I still jacked it up. I'm sorry, bruh. I do love your acting. As Dewey Hughes, Taraji P. Henson as Vernell Watson, Cedric the Entertainer as Nighthawk, Bob Terry and Mike Epps as Milo Hughes, um, also featuring Vondi Curtis Hall and Martin Sheen. This film was directed by Cassie Lemons and received favorable reviews from critics. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes giving it an aggregate score of 82% um, as well as Media media Critic uh, which gave it an average score of 70. This film written by Michael Gannett and Rick uh, Famuyiwa 
was the selection of our very special guest, Leanne Lindsay. So, Leanne, tell us, why did you select Talk To Me and what does it mean for you? Well, uh, um, mainly I selected it because I don't remember hearing anything about the movie when it came out in 2007. I saw it later, actually, you know, rented it. And I was just like, this is fantastic. This is, mm-hmm. this is a great movie. I can't believe I don't know anything about this movie. Of course, I knew Cassie Lemons from Eve Bayou, Eve Bayou, but I didn't know what else she had coming out. And I just, it just was like, it took me by surprise completely. Right. And um, I didn't remember seeing trailers or anything. So I was so taken with it it's like stayed with me all these years like oh i still you know that was a great movie and so when i started thinking about a black movie that i you know really enjoy this one popped up right away i just think that it's um it has that indiscernible thing that a movie has to have when you say it works Mm -hmm. and you don't have to really pull it apart it just it has it's smooth and it works and everything feels quality and you can tell it's a labor of love for everybody yes. involved. Yes. And that was a big part of it. And then later when I realized Rick uh Famuiwa was the writer of the of the film and that he was the writer director of my favorite film of 2015 which was Dope. Yes. That's Dope right. is amazing. That that whole movie, I mean, uh, you know, Malcolm and Jib and Diggy, I, I wish they were a TV show. I yeah. really I yeah. really oh, would yeah. watch them every week. I, I would. And just the way they it's so clever. It's really cleverly written. Um, and this this guy. He should write more things. <laughs> he should yeah. just write more yeah, things because yeah. he's just a, a really good writer. But um even though both Dope and Talk to Me, you know, did like you said, they did pretty well with the critics, and it had some decent word of mouth. Even though I hadn't heard of Talk to Me until later, but um, both movies for me are stronger than Moonlight. I mean, wow. Wow. you know, but they didn't get to shine during their their award seasons, their respective award right, seasons, right. and they really should have. I mean. Especially Don Cheadle, I, he should have been nom- nominated for best actor. I mean, for talk talk to me, he right. just or at least a Golden Globe at the very least. I mean, when you think about like Mark Rylance, and of course that was for supporting, but he won an Oscar for Bridges of Spies, which nobody saw. Nobody knows who the heck Mark Rylance is, and yet someone known in Hollywood in the role of a lifetime like Don Cheadle, no nomination. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands. With your hands. Also with salsa 
on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. No thought, no, you know, and it was an an Oscar award season uh, worthy role. Uh, yeah. Ralph Waldo, P.D. Green. It, it, ju- it just was. And it's a shame because it came before the Oscar so white controversy. Right, right. You know, before that really blew up. And so I think that the next year, not taking anything away from Barry Jenkins, because I do think that Moonlight is a quality film, but I also feel like they were determined to put a black movie front and center and Moonlight kind of got in there just because it was at the right time Mm. and place because it just doesn't have the same wide appeal as a movie like Talk to Me does. You know, it's. I actually disagree with that because I think Talk to Me is such a black movie. Like it's and so Moonlight's black. not. I don't think Moonlight is. I think Moonlight is, has a little bit more broader. Like appeal it's more of an art house film. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Whereas Talk to Me is just very black. Talk to Me is for the brothers, and it's written by brothers, and and is it's about Peter Green, who's almost like I'm sure Barry Jenkins thinks of himself as a brother. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, you see what I mean. But I, I, yeah. I, I think, I think that. I think that Talk to Me is decidedly written for a black audience and whoever else comes to it is more than happy to enjoy it. But I think it is written written for a black audience. Moonlight, I do think is written for a more mainstream. And I will say this and part of the mainstream is and this is kind of going off a little bit. I do think that black pain is more marketable to white audiences than Mm. black joy. Well, and there's so much joy in this film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's like like I'm going to need Don Cheadle to sit across from me and tell me different. I refuse to believe that Don Cheadle has had as much fun in a role as that one yeah. as talk to me. Yeah. Like he's having he just, a ball. He, he lets it all fly, and the he, whole film. You you know. Taraji, uh, Taraji um, P. Henson, this is uh, two in a row for us with her. She's having a ball. Uh, Chiwa Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor. I think is having a great time. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer, the 10 minutes he's in it, he's having a ball. And it's just... It really is. It it is this celebration of this moment in Washington D.C. and and I just think it's you know again it's black joy. I mean, it is. There is a lot of uh, comedic <laughs> happenings, right? You know, especially the the first half of the movie, right? But I don't know. It's just all done so well. I oh, just. Yeah. I think if people gave it a chance, I don't. I just don't feel like it's it's black. It's. I mean, I know it's it takes place during that time of you know black power, mm-hmm. but it's just a it's a fantastic biopic. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that, and I wanted to read on it to just to make sure if I remembered it correctly because I do remember when it came out. I saw it and and I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed it a great right. deal, and I known. 
the story of Petey Green because Petey Green was an inspiration um, and one of the the radio role models of Howard Stern. So right, he would right. always, you know, refer to Petey Green and what he did as being, you know, the impetus for how he knew how he wanted to lead his career. Right. Yeah. Because so, they said he was like the first shock jock. Yeah. For, yeah. Uh, of a kind. Yeah. yeah. Certainly. Um, but what I think hurt this film is that like with all the biopics, they take liberties with the real story. Right. Right. They well, took some big liberties with this one. Yeah. They, I mean, they took some monster ones. I mean, the man never was on the tonight show. Right. But he did get booked on the Tonight Show. He but, just didn't do it, right? So they did. Okay, have to... so he didn't do it, right? He was never on the Tonight Show. His 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 relationship with Dewey, yeah, um, was complicated. It was decidedly more complicated than they show yeah. in this film. Right. So much so that Dewey was not at his memorial yeah. service. Yeah, and I I actually listened to an interview with the real uh, Dewey, and he said that he didn't come to it because he felt like um, there had been too many hypocritical people that didn't appreciate uh, Petey when he was alive. And maybe that's and maybe that's the that's the case, but I just uh, think. Yeah, I mean, and so he said that he felt like if he got up on the microphone, he would just, like, curse them out. Of course, that doesn't say why he still couldn't just attend exactly. and not curse them out. I, I, I think I think they had a complicated relationship. I think it was a lot more complicated than the movie Let's <laughs> right. Um And the... Uh, and also, I think that... The film, while I I agree, Don Cheadle is having a ball. Taraji P Henson is. If to be honest, if anyone and and I like Don Cheadle, I, I love Don Cheadle. But if anyone deserves an an Oscar from this, it would have been Taraji P Henson. You I think I think too. Taraji yeah, P I mean, Henson is like so like good if they this. gave uh, an Oscar to Marissa Tomei, right, yeah, from I, for right. my cousin Vinny. Oh, right. Right. There's no reason Taraji P. Henson doesn't get it for this, this oh, is a so film when I started to really pay attention. Pay attention to her. As an actress. Yes. Because you know. So not in Baby Boy. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but if, she has some good moments in that she, movie. You that know one. what? We we just did Baby Boy last <laughs> week. I think she she did what she could. Don't don't go there, baby. Don't go there, Leanne. Don't I know I have to listen to you guys. But baby no, boy. I did not jot down. Taraji P. Henson, she's one to watch. Well, after watching Baby Boy, I, you wouldn't have said there was like an Oscar-winning performance, but no. you would have said that she was definitely somebody that held the screen. Right, right. Okay, so but, but, and, but in this, she's you see, you're trying to pull me in, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be good, Lynn. I'm trying to be good. She's a guest. Just she's trying saying, to pull me in, though. Just keep telling. You she's gonna rape me in front of my son. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me smell your dick. <laughs> I know. I love that. If Mark the time. Lynn, we are trying. <laughs> we try to be good. To talk man. about talk to me. You can't keep bringing up putting the red meat of baby boy in front of Hey, Leon. Leanne. You want some breakfast? <laughs> 
Okay, that's it. That's right, it. Let's right, keep going. All right, all right. Let's keep going. All right. But no, well, and also in this movie, though, I really love Vernell's hair. It's just fantastic. Oh, it is. I mean, it starts off with this, like, Supremes-type quaff. Oh. And then by the time Petey gets out of prison, she has a perfectly round fro. And then it just keeps getting longer fro, yeah. longer fro, longer fro, until, like, the 80s. And then, then yeah. I mean, you're talking about Oscars. Oh. She's got a nomination just for Just for hair. Costumes. Just, just for, for costumes and hair. hair. Yeah, just I know. For, you know. Just for and her. And oh. Green's hair. And Green's hair. What was that piece that Don Cheadle had on? He was wearing it, though. I, I know. Said. He was wearing it. I don't know about... Chewatels was a little... Got a little... Yeah, got a little dicey. He got a little dicey towards the end. Yeah. You know, the budget was started running out. It's like, you know the brothers who get their hair cut at white barbers? Yes. That's exactly what he... That's exactly what it looked like. Which actually, now that you think about, fits his character. Yeah, exactly. So maybe maybe he did... You know what? If you look on Fox News, the brothers on Fox News always have haircuts like that. Look at Yuki Washington. Because they don't go to black barbers. Oh, Yuki's hair looks okay. Somebody, he just got that old man flat top. Yuki Washington, those of you outside of Philadelphia. He's a newscaster. He just got that old dude flat top. You know what that old dude flat top is called? Kango. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, you know, you're saying about being a biopic that took a lot of liberties. I I mean, I think that to make a movie interesting, you actually have to do that. Mm. Um, For some biopics, you you have to make it a movie as well. I saw last month The Lost City of Z. About that Amazon Explorer Percy Fawcett, uh, Charlie Hunnam plays him. And it is a snooze fest because it's basically just the Wikipedia of exactly what happened. And not that much happened in the Amazon and him. And so, I mean, I'm sure somebody could be glad that, oh, we stuck, you know, we stuck to (laughs) Fawcett's story. But but you won't want to watch that movie. There's, There's, okay. I agree with you that, to a degree, most biopics do take some liberties. Liberties with time, and sometimes they'll take uh, two historical characters and merge them into into a composite character and stuff like that. But but when they do that, it's to uh, uh, it is to for for story elements right um, benefit, but without trying to overtly change history. This movie rewrote the history. You're saying he was booked on the Tonight Show. This has him walking out yes. saying hi to Johnny. Yeah, Here's right, the thing, right, right. I, I, I don't think that kept people from going to the film, though. No, I don't either. And no. I don't think anyone but honestly cares. I mean, frankly, outside of Washington, D.C., and if you were in this age group mm-hmm. and you were, like, you were kind of there actually cares about those kind of changes i really do i go back i'm going back to what i said originally i think this is a film that i don't know how you market it Mm. to a mainstream you know and then in in parentheses white audience because there's nothing here i think a certain type of black film is marketed towards white audiences 
And, you know, and frankly, even Moonlight, if you look, you know, like you talked about Moonlight and and we're both big fans of Moonlight. Like, like, you know, I think Moonlight should have won the best picture. But even if you look at the history of the marketing of Moonlight, it kind of gained momentum. Because I really... It had a good word of mouth. It, it had good word of mouth, and then yeah. it started getting, you, you know, the, the awards. But I really do think that, that only a certain type of black film is marketed to white audiences, and mm. there's nothing about Talk To Me that, you know, I don't know how you sell that to the same people that go and see a Kate Hudson movie. I don't know. I think that's a different. I think there's enough of the beginning of this movie that is very funny that you could market this as a comedy for to a white audience. But 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 to your uh, but to be fair and to be honest and to be honest. This movie wasn't that well marketed. Period. It, right. I mean, it's not like it's not like the brothers was going to the movie. Well, it's a strange. It's a strange right. duck. Because, like you said, it's got funny moments, but the acting is so. Because like the, the 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 cast is is this is a really solid cast. Yeah. So the acting takes it to a certain level that you don't necessarily expect from a comedy. Mm-hmm. And then while it's funny, it's not a comedy. Yeah, you know there are funny parts, and like I don't know. I I agree with you. I agree with you. Like like frankly, I don't know how you market this. It it, it would have been difficult, you and know. more difficult even those few years ago. Right, because there are more crossover now, and the names in there. You, you know, the you biggest know, like, name in this film is Don Cheadle at this point, and Don Cheadle right. wasn't that big. Yeah, he was. He wasn't like you know. He was known, but he was right. Yeah, but I this mean, is the know, type. I this mean. is the type of film that yeah. he would be the lead, and you would think that he'd be able to at least get the movie his money back. But only I man. know, and he was executive producer, I was about and to say, he this was is all over it. I mean, it was a, yeah, a passion project for him as well. But I agree with you on the the trio of of them. They set such a great pace. They you know the they have these three meetings that sets the movie up. Right, it's right. Like that first meeting with the the three of them in prison, and the chemistry just bam, there it is. It's like this, this triumvirate uh, chemistry, and then you know, Dewey calls him a miscreant, and Petey loves I like it. it. I love that word, Don, and he's like, oh, I, I love it. It sounds you know like more illustrious than Don convict or having inmate. All in this thing, he really is, and and then you know. Vernell, who was like cookie in training, she takes off her pink bra without taking (laughs) off her shirt. She just like digs in there, gets her bra, (laughs) tells him to take it back to Nighthawk. I mean, that is just it's it just pow. You're in it with these people right from there. Yeah. Then they got the second meeting at the station. Martin Sheen coming out yelling about what the blue blazes. Martin and Sheen's very good. I love Martin Sheen. He's a good sport. He he's is. a good sport in this. Because yeah. I think they just told him to play stuffed shirt white guy. Right, but he takes it to another level. Yeah, you yeah. know. And then the they and they use that expression the, it, as a noun throughout the rest yeah. of the the movie, which I which I love. More good writing, uh, you know. And then of course they're out there dancing, and and I just love when Dewey comes out and he's just sputtering. 
can't do yeah. it again. He just can't. It's like, well, I can't believe this is happening. But then they have the third meeting between the three of them. At the pool hall. At the pool hall, where now Dewey's back in the driver's seat. Oh, yeah. And That's I love that. He, he, you know, there's a, a line where um, he, you know, they start to play pool. And Dewey says to Petey, uh, or Petey says, I'm going to drop the nine ball uh, on the break. And then Dewey's response is, uh, you couldn't drop your drawers and F the Supremes if all three of them were laying butt naked on this table. Yeah. I mean, that's just classic. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, this is the first moment where you realize that there's more to Dewey than that just a more. guy in a suit. Oh, yeah. And he plays that role so well. As he's going through... Just racking them up, hustling, hustling. getting hustled at pool by the by the the guy by the straight. Yeah, the Mister Tibbs. I love character. that. I I I love the, I love every single version of that scene I've ever seen. Every single every, version. Every time of, you see of, that happen, of, of the straight laced guy who's actually the pool shark. Yeah. yeah, I love every version of that. It always works. It always it, works. It does. And then in this, like Vernell doesn't have a lot to say in this scene, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't play as well without her. Like she's no, there no. as the witness, and you need her. Like it's, it, I just love the way that that those three meetings set up the friendship. Yeah, sets up so much of the movie. Mm-hmm. It really takes you, it takes you in. That being said, because even though she doesn't have much to say, Vernell is very integral to those three meetings I think that she is missing from the rest of the film because by the time she really pops back up around the time of going to tonight's show and then maybe a little bit later um, you really I think really her, her her climactic moment after that is when she catches PD having sex in, right in her but that's not that much longer. No, that's not but that much that's longer. Not, I mean, but then after, in, I mean, but after that, she she disappears, she disappears for a, long, a, a big stretch bit. of the film. Yeah. You know what? I would love to talk to Cassie Lemons about that about that because I, I agree with you that in a lot of ways she's underutilized, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if maybe you know since it's at this moment in Taraji P Henson's career, maybe she, nobody knew that they had this like nobody knew they had this weapon maybe maybe but if you're if you're filming this movie and of course it's filmed out of order all right over right place, right but if you're filming this movie and you're watching the dailies you're seeing what this woman is getting and, yeah. and you're thinking maybe they should have beefed up the script well, if, maybe if, not if necessarily beef up the script. i think i think just like the scene where you said at the pool hall taraji's not hardly saying anything there but she's reacting right. to what is going right. on. Mm. I think her reacting could have could have added more. Now, I honestly think the reason why she is gone from the film is because, again, in taking liberties from this film, this film does not lean heavy on the darker side of Petey Green. True. It, it really stays away from, like, he really fell hard on drugs yeah. and alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they, they allude to it. Right. But even and even after uh, 
uh, uh, she comes and sees Dewey later, you know, asking him to go see Petey, and she go and he goes to see Petey. Right. Petey pretty much still looks the same. Right. Yeah. So you yeah, you're not even yeah. seeing the effects nah. wear on him outside of like this one mysterious cough that he has, which of course is movie lingo for oh you're I'm dying. dying. <laughs> right. Right. That's how that works. You know. <laughs> so then cue cue the montage. But you know what? I think I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off, but I think that is also another indicator of how I see this as very much a black film, and by a black film, almost a family affair. Because I think you're right. I think a, most of the liberties that they take with Petey Green's life are to protect the image, the image and yeah. the memory of Petey Green. Yeah, which yeah. you know, it's very much almost. It's a, it kind of makes me think of of the remake of Sparkle, how everybody swooped down to protect Whitney Houston, and you you know there are there are certain films and and you know I'm also not a fan of Tyler Perry's film work, but I'm a fan of Tyler Perry. Yeah, and I think you see a lot of that in Tyler Perry's work, where it is this sort of protective nature around certain actors certain figures and with pd green i think you're absolutely i mean really i mean frankly if you've ever seen footage of the actual pd green he's never sounded yeah as good as don Cheadle. yeah like that kind of crisp enunciation uh, and yeah. you know don Cheadle is very much as, as, as charismatic and not as as charismatic. Charismatic. i mean you know in my mind that makes him more interesting like like i'm a fan there's actually a great documentary on netflix called adjust your don't adjust your color the pd green story that came out at the same time as the film and it kind of deals it's, it's only like an hour too. like like watch it tonight it's a great documentary okay but Petey Green was a complicated dude. Yeah, and 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 you know I think if I, you know we try and we try and talk about the film that was made, not the film that we want, but I do think it would have been a more interesting film if, like you're saying, Lynn, they didn't make as many of the changes as they did. Yeah. So, and I think that might have lent it to being a a film that might have perked people's ears up a little bit you know maybe not i don't know but you know it's no slaves it's no maids in it i'm not sure again how you saw that too well hidden figures didn't have any slaves moonlight didn't have i'm grumpy fences didn't have any. i'm grumpy i haven't had dinner so i'm crunchy (laughs) oh you know they don't like number slaves you know and and kindly white people coming to save us but then actually like don Cheadle himself then made another biopic that got criticized because they didn't stick the to the, the yeah they took too many liberties with the Miles Miles, Davis miles, miles ahead which I still haven't seen which I didn't see yeah. either because it left the theater so quickly and, and it's, it's still on my queue but I haven't seen it myself yet and you know everybody's like well you know why is Ian McGregor in this and they're supposedly driving around trying to yeah. Get his demos back and score drugs, and it doesn't have a lot to do with the music. And you know, yeah. you know what I want to make. You know what I want to make. If we we're just talking about Don Cheadle, did anyone ever see that Rat Pack miniseries where yes. he played yes, Sammy I Davis did. Jr.? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I want him to do the Sammy Davis Jr. story. Ah, so Mr. Cheadle, if you're listening, 
Yeah. See, I didn't like him as Sammy Davis. I loved him and Sam as Sammy Davis because mm. that rage right under the surface. Yeah, I was a little. I yeah. think he captured that really, really well. I, I, I see what you're saying, but there was something about his essence that wasn't giving me Sammy. Yeah, me neither. Well, he's more comfortable in his own skin than Sammy Davis Jr. Mm, ever was. That could be it. But but that that kind of wiry anger that you got sometimes with Sammy. I'm a Sammy Davis Jr. guy. I love Sammy. Uh, Davis I love Jr. Sammy. That that you know, I thought like I've never seen anyone kind of really acknowledge that anger mm. that was right there. Now, I'll tell you what I want to see. What? I want to see the guy that played James Brown and talk to me do a James Brown concert. <laughs> <laughs> because he was James Brown. Uh, he was James Brown. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, was. he was James Brown. I was like, take, 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 got James yeah. Brown. Right? You know who else does good work in this film? Martin Which, Sheen. Well, well, Martin Sheen, but Martin Sheen actually is in the film. Okay. Mike Epps, what? Maybe, oh, is like, like, how long is he in the film combined? Five not, minutes? Not, not, not even. Long, not even. I really liked Mike Epps. You know, I... I re- and I liked the, the relationship that they set up between the Hughes different. brothers. Yeah, they don't yeah. play... In, the, in that one scene. Yeah. And then, you know, his monologue at the end where he talked about him being the funniest one. I walked away yeah. from this movie actually realizing that um, I'm not the biggest Mike Epps fan, but mm-hmm. I think that's because in the comedies that I've seen him in, right. he's always asked to be a little bit over the top. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't like over the top Mike Epps. Yes. But Mike Epps in a more... Um, uh, this is uh, a very even, subtle, even keeled role, yeah. even in comedies or in dramas. He's not a bad actor. Mike Epps in this, Mike Epps in the aforementioned Sparkle remake, mm-hmm. Mike Epps in here's something random. Mike right. Epps is in. Uh, did you ever see that TD Jakes, uh, Conda Tyler Perry movie, Jump in the Broom? Yeah, yeah. That's Mike not Epps a bad movie. Is, it, it's not a bad. It's movie. not. That's what he should have said. Hey, you want a Tyler Perry movie that's really not that bad? Come see Jumping the Brew. He's in that, and he's really good. Like He's like, damn, is that Mike Epps? Good. Yeah. But I think he takes low-hanging fruit. Yeah. I think he, t- you know, but I, I wish somebody would push him in a different direction. Now, time may do that now. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you get older. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Yeah. And it'll be up for different roles. But um, also, in you know, you all were talking about, you know, protecting uh, the, the memory of Peter Green, maybe why they didn't go into some of the darker stuff. But, you know, a lot of that protection is because of the Martin Luther King Jr. assassination scene. Yes. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, that's when he got to be a hero. And I also think... Um, I like the way that that's a turning point from the film going into comedy to a bit bit more dramatic. Right, right. And in many films, like it, that kind of a shift wouldn't work. You'd be like, well, it's so uneven. Yeah. But because of the assassination, it, 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 you know, the context of the characters, everything is allowed to change the mood. And, and kudos yeah. to Cassie Lemons, because I actually think this is the best depiction of the reaction to learning about Dr. King's assassination yes. I've ever seen on film. 
like like sort of you know a fictional account of we just learned Dr. King was assassinated. I thought everyone in that scene does an amazing was, job. Was well, especially because it's uh, it was at the height. I mean, you right. know, you have uh, Nighthawk and and Petey fighting over Vernell, and it's you know crazy fight, and then it's just like bam, here yeah. it is, and then it's, so it's like a really quick change mm-hmm. but it works and then ending with the sam cooks a change gonna come yeah. that's beautiful yeah. and martin sheen really looks like he's choked up well, i well, mean he, he is so choked and up everyone kind of follows yeah him. yeah i i thought that was good. that scene where he martin sheen thanks him yes. i was just like man go ahead martin yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Martin he, he kind of he can't handle. He, that's and a, so, that's a and then bad when he just man. says, "Get home safe, fellas," it's just something about and, the and, way, and he sounds like he means it. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And he really does mean it. I mean, yeah, that's my president right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's my president, man. That's my president, man. I don't care what nobody says. That's my president. <clears throat> but it did make me think about like what other movies um, does Doctor King's assassination play a major? role even though it's not necessarily about civil rights now i mean of course you know we've seen the butler we've seen selma bobby malcolm x but the only like two of the movies that i could think of off the top of my head and i never chance to really look it up at, other than this was like frost nixon or the help you know like right, where the right. you, it, it, you see the characters having to react to it even though the movie's not necessarily sure. about the civil rights sure. movement uh, or, okay. or about okay you know uh, about M- mj um mlk um, can you think of any? The first one that came to my mind, but it 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 definitely is about uh, civil rights. Was uptight the movie that we had watched? Yeah, which actually starts yeah, off. I say that's how it with starts. the funeral. Oh, does it? Martin Luther King, and it's a, it's a great film, but it definitely is about the drama and the turmoil that is in the black community at, at that time, time because of it. And then yeah. the only other thing I thinking of only because you did couch it the way you did was um you know i'm a, I'm a huge fan of mad men and yeah. that's what I, that's what came to my mind and i yeah. thought i couldn't think of a movie yeah. but the tv show mad men handled it very very yeah, well very well ha- mad men handled a, a lot i mean of, you yeah, know but history. you have this white cast and yet you felt so much because really it it allowed you to remember that Martin Luther King Jr.'s death, or Dr. King's death, what it happened to America, yeah. not just to the black community. Yeah. Like so, and and by being able to see it through the Mad Men cast, that really brings that home. Yeah, right. I think, yeah. That's the only other one that I can think of off the top of my head. But you all have pretty much named everything. I was going to start. So there you go. You know, you're not you're not going to name check that that long lost Bugs Bunny episode. I am not. <laughs> I am not. But I really love this scene. Like you seventy Sam said, "Great horde told they great, shot him." Oh my god! <laughs> Again, maybe my my maybe the best scene I've seen depicting it. <laughs> I'm going to ignore Lynn. <laughs> Hassenpfeffer? <laughs> Hassenpfeffer? Don't mind me. I'm on my cartoon jag right now. I haven't eaten dinner either. <laughs> it's 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 an interesting subject, P. 
Petey Green. Like like even that like like I think it's it's and and I think this is sort of the reason why I want people like Cassie Lemons to make movies. More movies. Mm. More movies because you, you you know this is the sort of, you know, kind of like we start talking. It's a strange duck to kind of even make a movie about like again this sort of local figure mm-hmm. from Washington DC and and you know you kind of build a project around them but in my mind like it's almost something that I would have expected to see in the 70s mm-hmm. where you had all of these sort of eclectic black subjects that people would make films right, right. about and you know Cassie Lemons I mean if you just look I mean you go from Eve's Bayou to Caveman's Valentine to you know this you know this is this is a director who was interested in blackness but not the aspects of blackness that are usually explored and you know even just for that i think it's worth applauding this film oh yeah i agree and and i love the way that she um like her strong suit is is really creating atmosphere like Mm -hmm. that sense of time and place like you know eves by really is nothing like talk to me but right it, it Basically, they both actually do take place in the same, about the same time period. But what I love is that, like, East Bayou, you get that sense of timelessness because of where they are. That Louisiana swamp area, they, you know, pop culture doesn't really exist in that world. And, and like, they're still living like it was 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And you feel that completely. And then in Talk to Me, it's, it is the era of all pop culture. Right. It's vibrant with the music and the jive talk and the, you know, the fancy threads and the whole thing. And, and so both of them evoke, the same period in such different ways, but she has you immersed in it. Yeah. And that's, that's not easy to do. She's that's- an extremely talented director and um, writer who, you know, has done work, done some other work. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. did, you know, she did black nativity. Right. Um, and uh, she also- Jennifer Hudson ruined that one. Still haven't seen it. With Forrest Whitaker, Angela Bassett, and Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. You think Jennifer Hudson ruined that one? Okay, maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson can do can do very little wrong for me. So, but I I hear you. Uh, and she's attached to direct uh, Agat Agat, an apartheid set drama based off of Marlene Van Niekerk's novel of same name. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's got some stuff uh, coming in the hopper, and she'll probably find a way to put her husband in the movie. Always a treat to see Vondi Curtis Hall, mm-hmm. Sunny Jim. Everyone loves Sunny, Sunny Jim. Jim. He's so Sunny. So <laughs> true. Where's the film about Sunny Jim? <laughs> Right, what happened to Sonny Jim? Yeah, it's coming to Bounce TV uh, next week. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. I take it from the, it seems like, unanimous approval of this film that oh, we yeah. would definitely recommend this. Oh, I would definitely you. recommend oh, it for anybody it, yeah. that goes to, to see. Um, I it was two ninety nine. I couldn't find it on <laughs> Netflix streaming, and it couldn't find it free anywhere. But I, I so think two ninety nine on Amazon. It's a blind buy, you know, rental. Yeah, it was worth it. It's definitely worth it. It's a, I actually own it on DVD. 
So oh, I actually, you do. I actually pulled out my DVD. I should, I should buy it. Actually, yeah. it is one. Good What's your to excuse? Buy. I, I I don't buy that much anymore. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm old, so <laughs> I, you know, had bought so much stuff on VHS, and then when things went to DVD, I didn't really change over, and then. <laughs> You wait. You you wait for that beta to come back. I know. Hey, you buy a new, you know that's a scam. They say you buy a new format every ten years. This beta max will work just fine. Right. So Give me that tape. Just, Hand me that tape. I tell you what I did buy though. It's Pretty Woman. Because the the way you have to watch School Days, I got to watch Pretty Woman at least once a year, once or twice a year. So that one I have. All right. <laughs> so she got a bunch of videotapes. <laughs> And, and pretty woman. And pretty, and pretty woman. <laughs> <laughs> on like on like the early DVDs. Yes. Right. You know, yeah. Like like the damn near record size. Yeah. Laser disc. I would also recommend Talk to Me. And as much as I'd recommend Talk to Me, I would also recommend the documentary on Petey Green. And what did you say that, that was called? Uh, yeah. Do not adjust your color. The real Petey Green. Oh, okay. And it's available on it's Netflix. It's on Netflix right now. Oh, oh all right. Yeah. Well, then. Yeah, and, you know, talking about, I didn't want to lose this. Like, if you've seen any footage of Petey Green at all. I did. I, I watched him on YouTube. The YouTube video that, that they show the most is him eating watermelon. Yeah. And that wasn't in, exactly. And that wasn't in the film. And it's him. And it's, it's almost Richard Pryor-esque, where yeah. it's, it's uncomfortable and it's honest, and it's funny, and it's it insightful, and he's talking about black people's habit of not eating watermelon in front of white people. Wow! Even and, though watermelon yeah. is delicious, and he's and, and how there, much salt to put on right, it, right? And he's sitting there, and, and he's eating watermelon, and it is, it it is, it is a fantastic. It's fantastic footage. in that big rattan chair. But the fact that it isn't in the film. I think tells you a lot about the agenda of the film mm-hmm. with Petey Green's legacy because it's 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 quite a thing. I wonder Petey if they Green. shot it and then thought, nah, let's not do that because there are some scenes in the movie of you know right. Petey Green's uh, Washington, uh, right? But they don't, but, you know, they didn't do that when they they have him in the chair and everything. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder if they shot it and thought, mm, we have enough that we have to try to sell yeah, here. Yeah, let's not not do it. But I know it did make me though look up the whole like, why is watermelon? Why is that such a racist yeah. trope? And um, I don't need watermelon they, in front of white people. <laughs> but they said that it's no, after the emancipation, freed slaves actually grew and sold watermelon yes. to earn a living and it infuriated of course the ex-slave masters so white people found a way to sort of depict blacks and watermelon in popular culture in newspapers and ads and stuff like that in a negative way so they sort of used the stereotype to denigrate black people and they, they kind of took it away from them, even though it was something they were using for to further their freedom. Absolutely. So, and then they made it a, an object of ridicule, it, which uh, worked and worked and worked. It's, it's a, it, it is a great little sequence. Petey green eating the watermelon and yeah. talking about uh-huh. eating watermelon, watermelon and, and, and what, and right. Why we don't. And so, but, but yes, and, and Lynn, would you? Oh, Absolutely. I would absolutely 
recommend that uh, you see um, Talk to Me for Don Cheadle's performance, for Cassie Lemon's direction, and even more so, like I said, for Taraji P. Henson. Yes. I think she is, um, I mean, it goes without saying, the 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 level of stardom that she has now. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. Um, but I think, you know, let's say Baby Boy scratched the surface. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is where you really unearthed everything yeah. that was like yeah. there to behold. I mean, be. there's very few actresses that could have looked good in every wig they put her in. Every wig. Every single time. Even at the funeral when she had the little yeah, black pillbox and the hair is coming out from either side. I actually put in my notes so too good. that this was proto-cookie. Yeah. Because you see yes. her like you see, see where mm-hmm. she's pulling Weird. cookie from. Yes. Yeah. In this. You definitely do. Most definitely. So. Yeah. She's she's something. All right, Leanne, thank you so much for yes. joining thank us. Thank you so thank much. You don't don't for having so me, guys. Yes. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad. Really, really was. Well, thank you. I feel very honored to be in the in the third seat. Yes. And maybe you can get your friend Thomasina yes. of music uh movies and thoughts or thoughts music, music. movie thoughts they, music I could never get it thoughts. right get her in here um so. I know I I'm surprised she didn't beat me to it actually uh, but um this this will probably make her, since she'll be like oh Leanne had so much fun yeah. Let me do it. Now. We'll get her in here. Because I think she wanted to do Sparkle. But wait, did you already do Sparkle? She wanted to do she wanted to do Sparkle, do both of them. Right. Then right, right. The, the, and okay. then we just we we couldn't. And you did the We did the old the old version. So she has to choose another movie. Yeah. I'm not gonna make her do the remake. No. No. We'll we'll do that on our own. We'll bite that bullet. I think it's an interesting movie. It's an interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next week, ladies and gentlemen, I think it is my turn. It is your turn. And I know what movie you're waiting to select. Absolutely. That has just recently been released on um, Amazon Prime. Amazon I think Prime. It, may, it may have come out as today as of this recording. Yes. So, But it's my turn. It so, is your turn. So I won't take that from you. Don't do that. That wouldn't be nice. That would not be nice. So the movie that I'm going to select, I'm going to go into the Wayback Machine. Nice. I going love back to 1973. Uh-oh. I do love the 70s. Coffee. Really? Ah. Yes. Get some Pam Greer in here. Man. Coffee is the color (laughs) of her skin. (laughs) Roy Ayers music. Roy Ayers music. Welcome to me's show mission. Yeah. This is all that stuff that you don't see. Yeah. King James. He's a pimp. The coffee soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. All right. So you're already hyped for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah boy. Yeah. That's. Right. Oh yeah. Coffee is good stuff. I have to wipe down my chair. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we will be doing coffee from 1973, uh, directed by Jack Hill and starring the immortal Pam Greer. Next week Lord here on mercy. the Michelle Mission. That should be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, this show will be available on, you know where you found it, on Mich- 
MichelleMission.com, as well as on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and every place that good podcasts be, as well as streaming as a live radio. Well, not live, but it's a radio show on WPPMLP 106.5 FM in Philadelphia. People Power Media, Philly Cam Radio for your ears. Leanne, if you want to, people want to get in touch with you. Yes, they wanna, uh, and I and out. I also give away free movie tickets every week. So oh, if you right. don't win, that's right because else, you've got movie tickets. I've got movie tickets, and I often have uh, foodie products to give away. So um, definitely check out Tinsel and Tine. It is tinseltine dot com. T i n s e l t i n e. And most of my handles are at Tinseltine, except for Instagram. Somebody had the nerve to take it. So I have to have an underscore between the tinsel and the tine. But you can still find her. But you can still find her. You can find her in, in her in her cute little cheeks looking up at you. <laughs> full of her picture. It's so cute. It's so cute. And I'm not to put you on the spot, but I'm going to do this. Uh-oh. Because you do give away movie tickets. Yes. And you just got hold of some movie tickets to a hotly anticipated movie yes, this summer. Yes, Wonder Woman. Ooh, all the yes. world is waiting for Wonder you. Wonder Woman. We have uh, the screening is May 30th. May 30th. And my newsletter with the, the link will go out tomorrow morning. So that will be, what, the 24th. Right. So, oh, wow. That would be cool because Vince needs tickets. Vince does need <laughs> tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I actually do be ticking. Like, you know, I got to take my daughter to go see Wonder Woman. I know. Oh, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get out of here. Um, all right. So, <laughs> Vince. Yes. No, I'm not Vince. I'm Len. No. <laughs> That's Leanne, and he's Vince, as I point to people that you can't see. Um, <laughs> in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.